hello everyone. It is yours truly, Hillary Carroll. I am not sure how you found me, but I am so incredibly glad you did. It is the Fierce Female Finance Podcast. And it's been a couple weeks, and I thought that today would be an especially wonderful day to record a podcast because it is Monday, February 14th, which means, yes, it is, everyone, it is Valentine's Day. And I am just reporting to you from my apartment again. And it's about four o'clock on Monday afternoon. And I've been having an interesting day lately. It's been an interesting kind of start to the year, I would have to say. Um, This episode I am going to dedicate primarily to uh, investing and specifically speaking, portfolio rebalancing, selling your investments, and just making sure that the strategy that you have for your investments is still working for you the way that you want it to. And if it's not, depending on how your uh, strategy has changed, evolved, uh, just making sure that you check in with yourself and, you know, see, is everything still working for me the way that I want it to? And really, I think where... I had this idea for today's specific podcast is because I've been doing a little bit of that myself lately, Um, particularly the last month, I would say the stock market has been extra turbulent. Now we all know that there are many different factors as to why this has been happening. Um, You know, a few of them I will list out. Some of them are geopolitical namely uh, what is going on in Ukraine between Russia and the U.S. and that conflict is um, escalating higher and higher so who knows what's going to happen and then also the Federal Reserve is definitely going to be raising interest rates probably within the next month or so and there really is no telling how many times they will be raising interest rates this year. So obviously the stock market has been in a little bit of a shaky ground, I would have to say, for the beginning of 2022. Now, you know, we all have a little bit of recency bias when we think about investing. And this goes especially for you know, the newer investors. I would even consider myself a somewhat newer investor. I really have had, you know, a 401k that I rolled over into a traditional IRA for about, I would say, 15 years. Um, I was a teacher's assistant when I was at UCLA, so I did have a little bit of um, some money that from there that I ended up rolling into Um, my IRA at Fidelity and I had a traditional job as a camera prep technician for about nine months and they did offer a company 401k with matching you know I wasn't there that long I didn't contribute all that much to it but I did end up having about $250 when I left so I took that and rolled it into that same uh, traditional IRA 
Now, keep in mind, I didn't know that you actually had to invest these funds. I just kept kind of putting money into it ad hoc. So the overall balance is about $40,000, which is definitely not where I'd like it to be. However, um, I'm talking about my brokerage account specifically speaking in terms of me getting the knowledge that I needed, doing the research that I needed to do to be able to purchase the securities that I wanted to purchase. So this all happened in the year of 2018. Uh, April 6th of 2018 was when I finally made my final student loan payment to Navient and that was one of the best days of my life honestly speaking because I had $130,000 of it and this was a long time coming so I promised myself that once I was free and clear of that debt that I would then essentially put try to put at least equal amounts of money towards my brokerage accounts and investing that I did with my student loan debt now this was pretty aggressive mind you I put about three to four thousand dollars every month towards my student loan debt to get it gone and I did so within 35 months. So um, I have been doing things just as diligently, I would have to say, with my investing strategies. And I just wanted to get started. When I was, two th when I was uh, student loan debt free in 2018, I made it my mission to at least just try to understand more about the stock market. Like, how do you buy stocks? How do you research things? What are the fees associated with it? Um, and I had a very long-term strategy behind what I purchased. And I did kind of go along with, I would say, the sage wisdom at the time, which was large cap, tech stocks are going to allow your portfolio to grow the most and will outpace every other sector in the stock market. This has essentially been the frame of mind for most of the 2010s decade. Um, for me at least, and from what I've read, that once the Great Recession, you know, kind of came to an end around 2011, 2012, this was really where your quote unquote fang stocks started to really pick up pace for investors and people started pouring more and more money into these companies and saw better, uh, better growth and really astronomical gains. Um, so, I did kind of follow the pack, essentially. What I ended up doing was I had an initial lump sum of $5,000 that I thought was appropriate to start with. And in July of 2018, I ended up finally opening up my first brokerage account with Fidelity and buying some securities. So I ended up buying one share of Amazon and my cost basis for that was a little over $1,800 for that one share. And it still does not offer any dividends to this day, which is super annoying. Um, I bought, let's see here. This was before the stock split that Apple had. I want to say I only bought a couple of shares of Apple, not that much. 
um, because they were a little on the pricier side. I would say it was maybe $2.97 a share. This is, keep in mind, before the stock split. And I bought a couple of shares of Facebook. And this was right after the company had taken a little bit of a dive. Um, I would say it skidded around $50 per share right around the day that I bought it. So I bought it at a discount, which was great. I didn't purchase any Google. Um, I didn't see here out of the fang stocks. Oh, and then I purchased one share of Netflix. And again, Netflix does not offer dividends. So I really didn't want to go too heavy on these fang stocks that don't pay you to invest in them. So fast forward to where we are at now. Um, I still have a mentality where whenever I'm buying a security, whether it be a stock, an ETF, a mutual fund, whatever the case may be, I'm buying for the long term because my attitude around investing for myself personally is this is all wealth that I want to generate that will be earmarked for retirement. Now retirement, I'm not sure when I'm going to actually retire. I'd like to work as long as I possibly can. And maybe it means being able to be work optional so that I can still do things that I love to do and hopefully get paid to do things I love to do, but don't actually have to like show up physically speaking on set if I don't have to. Um, although I still enjoy actually like working on set most of the time. So um, we'll see when that ends up shifting. But right now, I love it. So going back to where the stock market's at now, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is on average now down about 4.4% for 2022. And the NASDAQ is down anywhere from, I've read different things, 8%, I've read almost 12%. And this is a little disturbing for me as an investor. Um, I do, you know, admit that I have that recency bias. You know, I was not invested at all in the stock market during the Great Recession when the subprime mortgage crisis was happening and then subsequently the stock market losing about 50% of its entire valuation. I mean, that's devastating. That was devastating to Americans. And people had to delay retirement to wait for their portfolios to fill back up again. I mean, this is like devastating for people when this happens. And so I didn't have that experience. Now, when I bought some, some of those stocks in 2018, the market did take a little bit of a dip that October, but I wasn't actively checking my account every single day. I would check in and see, okay, like I lost like a little bit of money today. Okay, hopefully it'll come back. Um, I'm finding now that since I've been aggressively investing and pouring a lot of money, I would, a lot is relative, but I auto invest at least $2,000 every single month in investing. And then if I have extra money, ad hoc, I will 
purchase securities, ETFs, funds, low cost preferably, into things that I have on a watch list. So it's annoying when you start making money in your investment portfolio and then all of a sudden the market just loses steam. You know, COVID happening in 2020, uh, March the, I saw my investment portfolio take a 25% hit in March of 2020. Now my investment portfolio was probably around $7,000 at the time with my brokerage account. So it really wasn't super devastating for me. Now my brokerage account has grown to 70,000, 70 something, $75,000. I just want to be really transparent to all of you. And when you see your portfolio taking, you know, hits pretty frequently where it'll dip $500, $800, $1,200, consecutively, you know, day after day, week after week, without really seeing the market bounce back like it did post, I would say, April 2020. And then 2021 is just inexplicable. It really, it really was. I mean, the S&P 500 notched 37% of a gain. That's crazy. So in the back of my mind, I know, of course, that investing is great and investing is fun when you're making money. It's really when the market starts going down that you find out for yourself what kind of an investor you are. Can I stomach this, you know, kind of the pelting and the beating that portfolios do take? So anyway, where I was going with this is that you know, at the beginning of every year, I, you know, look at what's in my watch list and I look at all of the positions that I currently have and I decide whether or not what I'm currently doing is working for me as a strategy or not. And I do have to admit that I have been moving away from purchasing shares in individual companies and moving into exchange traded funds that are very low cost. So, you know, this can be your total market fund. I auto invest in one of those every single month. And I have, you know, an S&P 500 fund that I invest in every single month. So these are just broad benchmark funds that I invest in that are very low cost. And I also have more specific mutual funds and uh, sector funds that I love looking at and investing in. Um, Now keep in mind, these can range from anything that would be, you know, right now I have consumer staples and that's done very well for me. I have a housing and construction fund and that's done very well for me. And I've got, you know, different different types of healthcare uh, funds. I have financial and banking funds. I kind of try to have it all. And that's because we all know the stock market is very cyclical in nature. So 
you know, when healthcare is up, it may mean that, I'm just giving an example, um, maybe some consumer discretionary is down, you know, um, I've had an oil ETF that I purchased in 2018. Now, keep in mind, I only put $500 in it, but I've been down on it ever since I bought it. And it, it's not very fun knowing that I am still down about 15%. Now, the worst I was down on was 65%. So, um, I'm still holding on to that one. I would like to not have to sell at a loss if I can avoid it. So, with that in mind, I took a look at some of the individual stocks that I had purchased back in 2018, and Facebook was one of the companies that I had, you know, purchased two shares in. And, you know, my cost basis for that was $177 a share. I've held on to it now for almost four years. And it had done really, really well for me. You know, it just kept notching returns going up, going up, all the way to $384 per share back in November, just a couple months ago. And then the latest earnings report came out and it did kind of what Netflix did not too long ago, which was lose about 30% of its entire capitalization in one day, which is insane. I mean, ugh. That's kind of where you decide, all right, am I going to be rational about this? Am I going to hold on no matter what? What am I going to do? And I've been up on the stock ever since I purchased it. It's just a matter of by how much. And then for me, I also think, where is this specific company? Where do I see this company being in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years? Does it still make sense for me to have this? Or would I maybe be better off taking that money and putting it somewhere else? So last week I had told Fidelity, this is what's great about all of these, you know, firms online for investing, you can actually tell them to tell you if this specific security that I own falls below a certain point, please let me know. Or conversely, if you know that you want to sell something at a certain breakpoint, like, okay, let me know if this specific security is trading at X, you know, whether it's, you know, you bought it at 200, you're like, okay, I want to make sure that I at least lock in a couple hundred dollars of gains. So tell me when it hits $400 per share and then maybe I'll sell it. So for me, I wanted to keep an eye out on Facebook. I told Fidelity to tell me when the share price was at $215 per share because this would still net me, you know, about a $50 per share gain. And lo and behold, today, Monday, February 14th, it told me that it had broken that point and it was actually below that. And 
I happened to be home at the time and so I logged in and you know kept looking at it and looking at it and you know like could this go back up there's a million things that go through your mind right before you're about you know ready to put in a trade whether you're buying or selling you know what are the parameters how is this going to fare for me what's going to happen you know short term and long term and I had told myself you cannot be emotional about your investing you can't it's gotta align with what your goals are and if you just don't see something netting you what you want it to net you then cut it loose and then pay the capital gains accordingly <clears throat> so I'd held Facebook for over one year obviously so come tax year of 2022 you know when I do my taxes this time next year I will have to pay a little bit of a capital gain on it to have 15% of what I made um, conversely I sold my one share of Netflix last January at a tidy profit of $220 per share. And I do have to say that even though Netflix went up to $700 a share, it literally fell off a cliff a couple of weeks ago. And as an investor, if I had held that security still, I would have felt like trash. You know, like losing so much money. And, and I did kind of feel like trash with Facebook. I'm like, why am I even like holding on to this company? I know that it's trying to do stuff with Metaverse and Internet 3.0. And you can argue that it's trying to innovate. However, for me as an investor, it was just my time to cut it loose. And I'm okay with that. And I think just really what I want to impart on all of you is for your own personal investing, always look at what your holdings are. Do they still align with you? How are they performing? Do you think that they will, if they're down right now, is there potential for them to bounce back at a certain point? Is the reason why everything's down just because of market sentiment? You know, if everything's down, everything's down. Sometimes, you know, like I said, the stock market is cyclical. So where one sector could be dragging down, like right now, my, um, my, my uh, small cap fund is really down. I think it's down like 20% right now. And I had been auto investing in it for probably about seven months last year. And just dollar cost averaging, just having it buy me, you know, a couple hundred bucks every month. And I ended up turning it off. Um, you know, and now of course, since I bought really high, it's really in the red right now. I do believe that it will come back firmly. I don't need the money anytime soon. So I'm okay with leaving it there because it's in a broad fund. It's not within just one company. It's just a broad fund of every small cap company that's valued at $2 billion or less. So, but hey, that's me personally. So just look at where you're at and make sure that you're aligned with what your goals are. Um, 
the good thing about the stock market is that anything that you have in it is very liquid. Meaning, if you need the money at any point, as long as it's within trading hours of 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday, excluding federal holidays, you can sell whatever security you want. And that's okay. You know, just make sure that you understand what, you know, the tax ramifications are of it. And if you want to put the money to good use doing something else, then go for it. You know, with my Facebook gains, I think I'm going to get into some value stocks. So um, reading more about how Warren Buffett has invested over his entire career has been very eye-opening and very interesting. You know, he definitely has really great formulas as to how to calculate um, the entry point of when you enter, you know, looking out for certain companies, looking at their balance sheets, what are their earnings, what is the debt that's on their balance sheet, and then you figure out the entry point as to when to buy. You know, making sure that you don't buy super high um, when the stock is could be overpriced. So with that in mind, who obviously knows what's going to happen this year in the future? We don't even know what's happening tomorrow in the stock market. But I hope that my personal story has uh, been interesting for you to listen to, serves you well. Um, like, follow, subscribe to me on Instagram. I am debt underscore free underscore Hillary. That's debt free Hillary. And like and subscribe this podcast. Thank you again for listening. And I look forward to hearing from you all soon. And happy wealth, happy investing, and happy financial education, everybody. Take care. Until next time.